John chapter 1, John is the one that talked about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then verse 14 says, and he, the Word dwelt amongst mm. us. He became flesh. That, that Greek word there is tabernacled. They, they lived together. Uh, they connected mm. together, and you know that John was the closest disciple, many of you know, closest disciple to, to Jesus. Jesus. It says that he rested on his chest. There was such a closeness between John and Jesus. And yet Jesus, John records this in, in John, John 16. And he, he, he starts preparing his disciples for Pentecost. Mm. He starts to say that there's going to be a shift that takes place. And it's John that picks this up. Because John is one of the closest disciples to Jesus. He knows the relationship, the physical relationship with Jesus is going to change. Uh, no longer uh, are you going to hear me, Jesus. So you're not going to hear me with your physical ear. But one's coming, and one is coming that's just like me. And that's, and, and that's really strong in, in the Greek when you look at the text. Just like me, he's got my same nature we know him to be the third person of the Trinity, don't we? The Holy Spirit. He has got the very nature of God. And that, and that one is going to come. This one was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. And he was prophesied by Jeremiah as well because there was one that's coming that's going to change the heart, the hardened heart of flesh. He's going to, he's going to change the heart. And, and so... What we find is that in the passage in John 16, Jesus is preparing his disciples for the download. Yeah. Now, let me just give a little bit of definition, like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, for, for, for people who aren't so familiar. You, when, when you download something from the internet, you're actually downloading it from someone else's computer or someone else's server. So you can download movies or data or software, and we've got our mobile phones. Uh, and when we take our mobile phones, sometimes our mobile phones give us updates. They're just downloading updates on the software. And, and, and that's, that's the analogy, really. The analogy is that the greatest download took place mm. at Pentecost, long before Torrance and Microsoft and Apple we had a download. Heaven came online. That's the yeah. analogy. Heaven came online. Before that, in the Old Testament, before that, you had, you had individuals that the Spirit of God came on in power. You had individuals, the, the, you know, the, the prophets and, 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 and uh, Samson, and, and the Holy Spirit came on individuals in power. But the, but the prophet Joel says there's going to be a time coming when... I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to download on all flesh. It, it's going to be available for all. And that's what Jesus was preparing his disciples for in John 16. And in verse 15, he says, when the download comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to take what's of, my, of me and he's going to show it to you. Mm -hmm. He's going to take of me and he's going to show it to you. And that's the key verse, really. Because that's what a download is. You take from my computer yeah. and you get to see it on your computer. Yeah. And I think one of the things that really spoke to me this morning, Ian, was that you were, it's identical. So what, what is of Jesus is downloaded in an identical, identical manner. It's so when you get a film, it's not just some like old-fashioned pirate copy with, yes. <laughs> with the, the lines fuzzing up on it. If you yeah. download a film, you get just that film. And I think that's what really struck me, is that 
the Holy Spirit is the presence of the real living Jesus yeah. in our lives. And that is um, something that... Absolutely. Really Absolutely. I mean, sometimes we can say, you know, we get goosebumps or we get a, a, an amazing mm. worship time. We think, oh, the Holy Spirit is here. But the Holy Spirit is more mm. than your immediate connection to your momentary experience. The, ho- mm. the Holy Spirit, when Pentecost came, this is Christ in us, mm. the hope of glory. Yeah. This is the very DNA and nature and power of God coming into our lives and and quite often you know just to stretch the analogy a little bit Mm. uh, Joanna uh, sometimes we can have things downloaded onto our computer and we don't know the power and capability of what we've got we can have an upgrade come on our computer or an upgrade come on our mobile Mm. phone and and how many of us really read the manual to understand (laughs) all the capacity and power and capability that's just been downloaded on our computer. And the Holy Spirit's the same. Mm. Because we can, we can receive the Holy Spirit, and, but we don't recognize, the mm. Bible says, the same power, mm. the same capability that raised Christ mm. from the dead dwells in us. Yeah. And yet we don't realize it sometimes. And we don't have the faith and the confidence of what God placed in us because of Jesus' death on, mm. on the cross and we so often go and rely on other things yeah. and we put our confidence in other things rather than this power that came for us at Pentecost. Mm. So you talk about Pentecost being the first great download um, but you also mentioned as well about in Genesis and in Acts those being books of beginnings. What, uh, what, can you explain that a little bit more? Uh, yes, oh, <clears throat> well the, the book of Hebrews talks about, um, uh, talks about a testator. A testator is someone who, who um, enacts legally, brings into being a will or a covenant or a testament. Um, and, and so the, the book of Hebrews is clear that Jesus had to die before the new covenant comes in. In fact, Jesus says that himself, doesn't he? In the, in, in the final meal that he has with his disciples, this is... The blood of the new covenant, talking about his death. Uh, this, is, this is the body broken for you. And, and, so, and so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Luke and John, he, 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 the, the synoptic gospels, even though they're at, they're at the front of our New Testament, um, they're still recording history of the Old, Old Testament or the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. It's not until Jesus dies mm-hmm. And, and then he is risen from the dead and he ascends to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit. The new covenant is in action and we see that at the day of Pentecost when, when the growth of the church and there's, there's, there's a new dispensation of God that starts to come in. This is the time of the church. This is, this is the reign of the Holy Spirit. Uh, coming. Jesus says, because when we read in John, six, John 16, this is the handover period. Jesus says, I go away, but I must go away so that the advocate, the comforter can come. And now he will dwell with you always. And it will be far better for you, it says. It'll be far better when the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes. Because I can walk with you, Jesus says, in the flesh, but he will dwell in you. Um, and so, and so, yeah, that's, that's, the kind of, um, that's the kind of understanding. And now, when it comes to the book of beginnings, you see, what we find is, is that in the, it, um, the, the Acts really is the book of beginnings for the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Genesis is the book of beginnings for the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and so, and, and, and Paul talks about this in Corinthians. That when, he, when God says, let, when God says that the light be, uh, and, and light was, that he shines that same light in our hearts, mm. Paul says. Mm. And so he connects the, the first creation with the recreation. And, 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 and what we have in the book of Genesis is the first creation. And the first thing that we find out about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a mover. Mm. <laughs> the Holy Spirit moves. He moves in people's lives. He moves in our situations. He moves in our church. And, 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 and what you find is in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void. And the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the water. And in the same way as the Holy Spirit moved, God spoke. The word came forth. And God says, let there be, and then let there be light, or let there be this, and let there be that. And so and the Holy Spirit is ready to perform and act the word of God that is spoken. And, and what he does, he brings order out of chaos. Yeah. The firmaments, and let's separate the firmaments, put the stars into space, uh, and let there be a greater light and a lesser light. You see all this. He's bringing order. He's bringing divine order and creation into, that, into Genesis. And what you find is it's the same in the book of, of Acts. Mm-hmm. In Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came, there was a heavenly wind, about, it says yeah. in Acts 2, that came. The Holy Spirit moved. And then God started to speak through his people this time, not just to the earth, but through the earth. We are the earthen mm. vessels. Mm. And it says that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak mm. in, in other tongues. And what you find is that then God brings order. Yeah. And that same principle is still available for us today. The Holy Spirit is hovering. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord goes to and fro the earth, seeking those who are upright before him. The Spirit of God goes to and fro the earth, seeking those who have faith, mm. the Bible says. And, and so we, we, are, we need to be a people that are ready and positioned for the move of the Spirit of God to come. And, and, and we take the word of God and, and in our individual lives and in our churches, with the challenges that we have in our lives, what is the promise of God's word? That we pray the word and we speak the word, believing that the Spirit of God is going to come and bring, and bring God's order into the area of our family, into the area of our church, into the area of our finance, into the area of our health, into the area of our emotional and mental well-being. In every aspect of our lives, we take the word of God of promise and we pray it and we speak it and the Spirit of God moves just in Genesis and just in, in Acts as well. So how God moved in the first creation is the same way as he moved in the recreation in the book of Acts. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that just demonstrates, doesn't it, the flow of the, the scriptures, isn't it? That sense that the same God that was there right at the beginning, the same powerful Holy Spirit, is the one that is working each one of us today and is available. Um, but perhaps we don't know his power yet. Yeah. 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 Tap into that, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, we, we need to be aware of what power is available to us in, the, in, in who God is and the, yeah. the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I think some of us maybe have been afraid of who the Holy Spirit is and what he might do. But I love the fact that you sing, saying he brings order out of chaos. Yeah. I think sometimes we get a little bit frightened maybe that the Holy Spirit's going to 
make us do things that are out of our nature, that aren't part of our character, but actually it's about bringing us more into the nature of God, isn't yeah, it? Into right. the, in line with who God is and God's purposes for it's each option. one of us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, I've, I've asked a number of people to come and share with us this evening and share a, te- a short testimony of just how God has been at work in their lives by God the Holy Spirit at work in their life. So I'm just going to ask Anna Snailham if she'll come up now, if that's all right. And I began to trust that it was God's job to do the greater things and my job to be obedient and to trust the results to him. And as I began to believe that, I began to take pressure off myself that I needed to perform and heal people and heal the sick and raise the dead and cure those with leprosy and things. And actually, um, I just needed to be willing and actually to practice them. For me, the gifts of tongues and other gifts that God's, God's blessed me with have actually been practiced. They're not ones that have just dropped in I've done. They've been ones, as, as Ian said last week, I had to be willing to look daft, sometimes to myself and sometimes to others. But when I did, I found that the joy, even praying out loud or praying with people, the joy I had, just that I'd been obedient, you know, I prayed for someone and, and did they get healed? No, no, but I did it. You know, I was obedient. And that just drew me, drew me so close to God. And I believe it was God's promptings and the Holy Spirit prompting me to, to grow in those areas. Um, and I was so just blessed to know that as I dared to do things, even if it was just just praying in a group or stepping out and praying for healing or praying in tongues with somebody, actually, that, that it was God's job to do the results. And he was so delighted um, and I really began to take hold of the verse, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. Mm. And it wasn't my sheep might hear my voice because I was like, Lord, I, I just do things. I can't really hear you. I don't know why I text people a verse when I text them. But actually, my sheep do hear my voice. And I began to believe, well, if your word says it, then your Holy Spirit's in me. So I do hear your voice. And I began to just trust that that little prompting inside me, sometimes I'd find it afterwards. Yeah, it was the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, yeah, I just began to believe God did speak to me. And sometimes I got it wrong. It took time. It took practice was the big thing for me that I had to practice learning to hear my shepherd's voice. Um, and like I say, I'll share in a minute. Sometimes I did get it wrong. Um, but actually, even when I got it wrong, I was so humbled that then God met me with his grace and his love that it just improved my relationship with him and my excitement to try again. Um, and, and I just want to share a story of that, really. And there was one time many years ago that I felt really, really strongly when I was at university that God, the first time, was asking me to do something. And I just did not dare do it. I just didn't. It wasn't a big thing, but my pride was big and my panic was big and I didn't dare do it. And a few days later, I learned of the real sadness of that situation. And to be honest, I was gutted. I hadn't followed God's voice. It was a really hard lesson for me to learn. Um, But from it, you know, the enemy intended it for evil, but God used it for good. I, I decided that even when I didn't understand, I would be obedient to just what I thought God was saying, even if I didn't know it was what he was saying. And I'm just, just completing um, a master's again. And as I pulled into uni one day this year, the song was on my heart, The Lord's My Shepherd. And I love that song, but I knew it wasn't just in my head, it was on my heart. And as I pulled up to uni, God reminded me of the time uh, seven years previously at uni, um, that, that I hadn't followed through. And I said in the car that day, this is just a few months ago, Lord, 
if you're calling me to, to do something with this song, I'll do it. I'll do it. And later on that day, I was sat in a group um, uh, with people. I did, I did creative arts counselling studies, um, and there was about 15 of us. And one of the ladies was having an incredibly hard time, and she was on the floor in tears. We were all sat in a circle, and she was on the floor sobbing and sobbing. And none of us really knew what to say, even the, the leaders and the lecturers. We just kind of sat there. And the song came to mind, and I thought, no, Lord, not in front of all these people, and I'm not singing, and I'm not, some of them don't even know Christian, and a lot of these people were, were new age and, and people in occult practices. And I said, Lord, because, you know, I knew he'd asked me, but I wanted confirmation that he'd asked me. I said, Lord, if you're asking me to go and sing this song, you will have to hold the silence. And it stayed silent, minus the tears, and it stayed silent, and it stayed silent, and I said, okay. And I went and, and sat by and said, look, I'm a Christian and I believe this is a, a picture God's given me for you. And I began praying the song, singing the song, sorry, just a short bit because I was too nervous to do the rest. And afterwards, it was still silent, but her laughter, minus her tears, she just sat up and laughed and laughed and laughed. And she was just like, wow. She said that those words, there was healing power in them. I felt it. Mm. She said, I felt the bad the things go out of me and healing power come in. She said, that was different. Mm. And we were just, I was amazed. I was sweating and shaking and happy and rejoicing. And Lord, don't get me to do that again. But I was so excited. <laughs> um, and, you know, the silence for the rest of that, that session, it was just, it just carried on. And then someone would say, someone, a lecturer even, or someone else in the group, that was different. What was different about that? Mm. And I can't believe the, the healing in that. We felt it listening. And mm. it was just so much. And six months later, when I finished uni, people were still talking about that being one of the moments that was beyond human. And I was like, mm. yeah, it was beyond human. Um, and that's just an amazing story for me. And I just want to testify to that because it was God in me. But it was a journey of me just learning to know that if God says it in his word, that I'm one of his and his spirit can fill me and I can pray in tongues or heal the sick when he and if he chooses, then I can because it's not me. But the journey, and I really want to encourage you with this, the journey of daring to practice, to daring to look daft, whether it was by myself or with others that I trust and to pray. And I cannot say how much that's changed my relationship with God because I've drawn close to him just by that joy of stepping out and doing it and finding that eventually I can do it without panicking. And that for me has been amazing. It's just shown me how much the gifts of the spirit are for those around us. But the spirit in us, he just longs for a relationship. And as the relationship with me and God has grown so massively through that. And I just want to finish with this verse that's a very recent one, actually, God's been challenging me on. And it's Ephesians 3, verse 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And for me, that's just symbolic of actually, and more than symbolic, it's real, that if we are in Christ, every spiritual blessing, every one we read about in the Bible, the New Testament, we hear about in the books we read that we love and we hear about from others is available for us if we're willing to, to let God do it through us. So that's my ongoing challenge, but I just wanted to, to share that with you tonight. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. And it is about that knowing that it's not us. God doesn't expect us to do it out of our own strength. It's in him. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Martin. I am a chaplain at the local hospital. Something that I love doing. 
I get paid for it as well, which is, which is wonderful. Um, I just wanted to briefly talk about uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in and through me in my work in chaplaincy. And the way, best way, I think, to do that is with a chaplaincy story. Now, sometimes these can touch a nerve and uh, they can raise emotions. And I would just encourage you to practice a bit of self-care. And uh, if you need to talk afterwards, I'll be around. The rest of the pastoral team will be around. Four weeks ago, I took a phone call in the chapel. The call's from the resuscitation room. Oh, is that the chaplain? Could you please attend the emergency department? We've got a 24-year-old girl who's critical. She's unlikely to survive the next few hours. Obviously, my response is, yes, I'll be there in a minute. 24. She's four years older than my daughter, Daisy. This is real. What do you do with that? What do you do with that stuff? Now what? What could I possibly do? What could I possibly say? What could I offer? What could I do that could make that situation better? At that moment, I've got nothing. My hands are empty. I am completely empty. I need a download. My habit since I started chaplaincy, which has been a year, by the way. You sent me out a year ago, believe it or not. My habit, which I started from day one, was to pray before I visit. So even when I'm busy, rushing between phone calls, I'll stop in the chapel, because I like it, and I'll pray. And often, I'll pray on my knees, because this isn't my battle. Amen. I'm in the fight. I'm happy to go toe-to-toe, but it's not my battle. Mm. The battle belongs to you. So I'm there praying, often with my hands open, empty hands. I learned early on in ministry, it's folly to try and minister by yourself in your own strength. It's pure folly. Ian's taught me that. (laughs) After praying then, and acknowledging that I am nothing without God, I set off to the emergency department. The scene, you can probably picture it, is one of sheer distress. There's a 24-year-old girl. She's got tubes and wires and drugs and a machine that's helping her breathe. And despite the masks on the faces of the clinical staff, you just know that they're going, there's no hope for this young lady. 
I walk into the relative's room where mum and dad are sat. She's an only child. They're completely broken. I'm still empty. Still unable to offer anything. And then, and then, there's that beautiful, beautiful sense, that tangible sense that the Holy Spirit is working. That sense that we're standing right now on holy ground. And the words start to flow. And the prayers are formed. And amongst the tears and the sadness and the smelly, dirty relative's room, that peace that we're promised transcends that very space. Now, I've been visiting every day for four weeks. She's still alive. She's very much alive. She's off the ventilator. She's off the drugs. She sat in a chair. <laughs> Yesterday, she went outside, wheeled in her bed, outside. She's smiling and nodding. The medics haven't got a clue. Amen. <laughs> they haven't got a clue why she's still alive. But we know because we said no. The battle belongs to you. And I'll continue to fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Thank you. Just to finish this and uh, many of the chaplaincy visits, I know I can't do everything. But hear this. There is a sense of liberation when you realize that you can't do it. There's a sense of liberation when you realize that. That liberation allows me to do something. It might be incomplete. It might be a bit inaccurate. It might be a bit Heath Robinson. But it's a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to enter and do the rest. As always, thanks for listening. One of the things you talked about was about the harvest celebration and the Jewish festivals and, and the Passover. Um, so how does that side of things help us understand what Pentecost is about? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't let the moment go. Oh, go I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, that, that was awesome. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Anna. Just, the, just a real moment where people are allowing the Holy Spirit to break through in their lives in that moment, that they just trusted and placed themselves in a place where they allowed, they yielded, yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God work through. And, and it's in those moments that, that we learn to trust Christ in us, the hope of glory as he ministers through us mm-hmm. to touch the lives of other people. And Martin's so, so right. It's not, 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 the, it's not anything great in me, mm-hmm. except for him. 
yeah. except for him. And sometimes we think as, as Christians, this, this, has this just happened? Has it come just out of a vacuum? <laughs> is, it, is it just ad hoc? And yet, and yet there's a whole understanding mm. to bring us to this place, to, make, to have the Holy Spirit available to us. Mm. And that's what the feasts are about. And that's what the Passover is about. And many of us who have been Christians quite a while understand that Jesus is the fulfillment mm. Jesus, who he was, what he did, the cross, the, 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 the grave, the resurrection, the ascension, and then sending the Holy Spirit, all of that is the fulfillment of everything that was, uh, that was in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. that he fulfilled all those aspects. And, and so when we look at the book of uh, Pentecost and we look at the power that came, which is now available to us today, we start to ask questions that this didn't just come out of a vacuum. It came out of a full understanding of what God has been doing through, throughout redemption history, through his people. And, and we, we start to ask, well, what is Pentecost? Well, Pentecost means 50, 50 days. But we say 50 days to what? 50 days to what? And we realise that Pentecost couldn't have happened until Passover mm. happening. And we start to ask, well, what is Passover? And we understand the whole story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, Moses uh, confronting Pharaoh, and then, and then God rescues his people, and we've got the blood that goes on the lintels, you know, the Passover yeah. lamb and the blood that goes on the lintels of the door. And, and, and the angel of death passes over that house, uh, and he passes over that house because a death had already yeah. taken place. And, and, and the children of Israel celebrate that Passover and still do today, Orthodox yeah. Jews still do today. And yet Jesus came as the fulfillment of that. He was the lamb. Yeah. And John the Baptist says, behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of of the world. Jesus was that lamb and and he was and Jesus says that he was a seed that had to fall into the ground and die to produce much fruit to produce many uh, seeds. And all the hearers that would listen to Jesus at that time in John 12, uh, they knew exactly what he was talking about because yeah. that was part of the understanding of Passover. Passover was the time not only when the lambs were, kill, were, were killed and they had the Passover uh, uh, supper celebrating what, the deliverance from Egypt, but they also that was the time where they sowed their seeds. And when you got to understand seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. Passover was the seed and Jesus was the Passover lamb, the seed that fell into the ground and died. And then you have 50 days. You have the Feast of Weeks. Feast of Weeks is the seven weeks until harvest. And so sometimes in the Bible you hear this phrase, Feast of Weeks. Sometimes you hear um, you hear Pentecost and sometimes you hear the Feast of First Fruits, and really it's all the same thing because the Feast of Weeks is, is counting in weeks what Pentecost is counting in days, 50 days. And, and, and when you hit Pentecost, that's the, that's the full download that's yeah. taken place. Sometimes you have to wait for a download, yeah. don't you? <laughs> uh, and, and, and that full download has taken place, and it says, it says, when the Pentecost had fully come, then the Holy Spirit moved. Yeah. And, 
and, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and then they went out in boldness. Yeah. And ever oh. since then, we've had the harvest of the church and the harvest has never stopped, yes. has never stopped. The growth of the church around the world is still going. 3,000 initially on the day of Pentecost. I think we're up to about 2.7 billion now on the planet. And there's places in the world that are in complete revival. Sarah and I have traveled to to Iran and Saudi Arabia and China and Africa and South America. There's an incredible growth and revival as the Spirit of God moves and and the harvest is still coming in. At the moment, and I, I don't know about you, church, but I want to be still part of that end time harvest. I would love yeah. this church to be open to the move of the Spirit, and we will continue, continually see souls saved yeah. and won into the kingdom as we yield ourselves yeah. to the Spirit of Pentecost. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So it's about that seed dying, the death right. that has to occur. Yeah. before we can experience that harvest and we see that in Jesus but also some in some respects we see that in ourselves when we yield ourselves <laughs> to Jesus in the way yeah. that both Martin and Anna have spoken tonight that when you yield to the power of the Holy Spirit at work and allow him to work through you then that is when you see that harvest yeah. of of, Absolutely. of yeah. sp- fruit of uh, the harvest of a uh, new gift in your life and, yeah, and God so at true. work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm perhaps a little bit confused. There's a number of ways of referring to this um, blessing of the Spirit and some, some, sometimes we say receiving the Spirit. Sometimes we talk about being baptised in the Spirit and filled in the Spirit. Is there a difference? What... Are there significant points that you'd like to bring up on that? Well, um, I wouldn't want people to get hangover, hung up with terminology. Sometimes no. we, we use those terminologies interchangeably. But when you study the Bible, uh, you, you see that there is a sequence. So you mm. have the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So mm. in John 20, Jesus, after the resurrection, appears to his disciples. Mm. And he says, peace be with you. And then he so he, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But then he started speaking to them about waiting in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Wait for the time when the, the prophet Joel mm-hmm. and what had promised of the Father, well, you receive the baptism mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit uh, and you will then receive power to be witnesses. And, and so they, they waited. The Bible says they waited in the upper room in fear yeah. of the Jews. Yeah. But then the download came. Pentecost came and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and what happens when you're what what happens is that when you that initial promise of of the Father which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes there's a boldness that steps into your life there's a courage that stops into your life and the fear starts to dissolve and 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 the and the um, disciples came out onto Mm. the streets and they started speaking and sharing Mm. the gospel and Peter's first sermon of course is recorded there in the early parts Mm. Of Acts, and so you have that—that 
Receiving the Spirit is when you've received the Holy Spirit, you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. There can't be a Christian who hasn't received the Holy Spirit. Let's make that very clear. It's not possible to be a Christian without having the Holy Spirit. But I think baptism in the Holy Spirit is more than you having the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit having you. It's about the full immersion. Mm -hmm. It's about the, the Holy Spirit coming to lead you and to come in. And, and make, his, make that whole uh, empowerment uh, so that you can start being that witness that, that, that um, Christ asked you to be. Yeah. And then after that, you have in Ephesians, they t- it talks about being filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit, this continuous filling of the Holy yeah. Spirit. I mean, my dad used to say, we, we leak. Yes. We leak <laughs> with, with power, the challenges of, yeah. of, of life. Yeah. And, and so... And so as you continue in your Christian walk, the, the Apostle Paul encourages us to keep coming back and being continually present tense, continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And there'll be people here who have received the Spirit but haven't had that moment where Pentecost invades their life. And, and they, they might have got the Spirit, but the Spirit hasn't got them in every aspect of their life. And tonight, hopefully, we'll have the opportunity to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, But if that's been an experience of some people, and and Pastor Lawrence was speaking to me, that that he knows of of people who have had that moment in the past, and maybe they've moved in supernatural gifts, maybe Mm. they've they've prophesied, or maybe that they've experienced a strong sense of God's presence, maybe that they've, they've, they've spoken in time but that's kind of like three years ago or ten years ago and And now it's kind of faded and now let's have the filling of the Holy Spirit which we can can ask the Spirit of God to do for people tonight thank you yeah Yeah, so it's it's an ongoing thing isn't it there are significant points in our lives when we know the the power of the Holy Spirit but it's a continual filling of the Holy Spirit that we need to experience We've um, got uh, two more people that have agreed to share testimony of the work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to ask Jason to come and share just now his story. Thank you, Jason. Okay. Good evening. Good to see you all. So, yeah, as Joanna said, I'm Jason, and um, rather than sharing what the Holy Spirit's been doing in my life. Uh, post being filled with the spirit I want to share my journey and my story getting to that point um, so as most of you probably know I grew up in a Christian home and um, as I was listening to Ian this morning and he just shared it uh, just now a phrase something he said really challenged me well I mean everything he said challenged me of course um, <laughs> but something really particular stood out to me and it said and you said um, do you have the Holy Spirit or does the Holy Spirit have you? And that for me resonates with my story. Um, and hopefully you'll understand why as I share and explain that because there is a difference in some ways. So I grew up in a Christian home and I actually grew up in the Free Methodist Church, uh, another Free Methodist Church. So I always knew about God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So I always knew about the Holy Spirit but it was a different sort of knowing. I mean, I, I'd learnt about him and I'd learnt about the way the Holy Spirit worked as part of the Trinity, but I hadn't really learnt about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So 
as I grew up, there was key people, as I look back now, that I can look back and say, actually, they had a significant impact on my life. And so one, for example, um, was like my adopted granddad, who some of you know, called Jack. And he used to come here many years ago. And he started one of the first charismatic home groups um, in Preston in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, So he was like old school Pentecostal. And he like adopted me and took me under his wing and started to teach me about the Holy Spirit in a way that I hadn't heard taught about before. And so I was like, kept reflecting on it and started to search a little bit more. And then ended up going to Bible college at the age of 18. And I realized there was something more. I just knew there was something missing in my life. As Ian said, I was a Christian. I had the Holy Spirit because as the Bible says, you can only be a Christian and, and say that Jesus is Lord because of the Holy Spirit, right? So it's, it's the Holy Spirit that enables you to do that. But I knew there was something more. I knew there was something missing in my life. And there was key people I met along there at Bible College as well. And I met um, a student who'd come from a church in California, um, a well-known church over there. And there was something different about him. He just talked in a different way. He lived in a different way. And I could just see, not just externally, but something in his heart was different. He just carried something different. And I wanted that. So I started to just pray more and seek. And we're talking like over a few years here. I'm just praying and seeking. And then it kind of came to a crunch when we got a new pastor at my previous church. And um, he was from the AOG church. And got alongside him and started to really wrestle with it because I was at Bible college, so I had all these questions and I was reading books and studying loads and started to grill him about what the Holy Spirit had done in his life. Um, Because in me, um, and just being like transparent with you, there was almost like a pride. Like Mm. it was almost like I was feeling like second class because they had this, but I didn't. And I didn't like that. But actually, that was something in me. Um, And a quote that I love is that sometimes um, God offends the mind to reveal the heart. And that's what God was doing in me, that he was really revealing something inside of me. And so I kept praying, kept longing. And then to bring the story into land, uh, this past day, put on some meetings at our church called Word and Spirit. We had a guest speaker uh, from Southport, a pastor over there. He came, uh, taught all day on the Holy Spirit, and at the end, uh, he just asked people to come forward for prayer, and nobody was, so in some ways, I actually felt sorry for him, so I went forward for prayer, (laughs) not really specifically for, you know, there was a few things I wanted, but it wasn't to do with the Holy Spirit. Anyway, he got hands on me, uh, started speaking in another language, which was still a little bit unfamiliar to me at that time. And next thing I knew, I was on the floor, um, and it was a hard wooden floor, actually. Um, thank, I've, <laughs> thankfully, I wasn't knocked out. Um, I was knocked out in a good way. Um, yeah, so uh, next spent the next 40 minutes on the floor, um, shaking my whole body, visibly shaking. Um, and it was a moment like I'd not experienced anything before. Um, Because becoming a Christian, it had been for me sort of gradual. I'd grown up in a Christian home, so I didn't have a definitive moment where I could look back and say, actually, that's when I became a Christian. But this moment for me was like my moment with God. 
just felt an overwhelming sense of love and peace like I've never felt in my life before. It was like God was in the room and like a piece of heaven was on earth, like in me and in that room. And do you know what? My mind was still working. God hadn't taken me over like a robot because one of my first thoughts was, oh no, what's everyone thinking about me? (laughs) I was at the floor, you know, manifested, you know, when the Holy Spirit touches your life, sometimes it can be in a soft, gentle way. Like we know John Wesley, right? His heart was strangely warm. That was his experience. My experience was just completely overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit that created the universe just came into my body and it was affecting it. And my mind was thinking, oh no, what are people going to think of me? Like, should I stop now? Should I get up? But do you know what? I made that decision. I'm not going to let what other people think about what's happening impact and influence my overwhelmingness with God, for want of a better way to say it, that I was just going to have this moment with God that I'd been praying for for some time. And then since then, um, I've felt an intimacy with my relationship with the Lord like never before. Um, The gifts of the Spirit um, opened up in my life, healings, prophecies, um, love to share them with you at another point. Um, but yeah, there was just a hunger, a desire that I knew that I needed. Um, and then when he came and filled me, um, yeah, it, of course, it's not been easy. And like Ian says, it's a continual filling and it's something that you have to seek. And I've had other moments since then when God has dramatically touched my life as well. Um, so, yeah, that's all good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your honesty there and talking about how God had to uh, work for quite a long time. It wasn't instant, but then when he, the Holy Spirit came, he really did, didn't he? really showed up for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, Pastor Lawrence, um, I, I'm just so blessed to have Pastor Lawrence up and to share his word. church it's good to be here just realizing probably the first evening service i've been at since probably beginning of october so it is it is really good to be here and it is tremendous just to be able to share a little bit of my story of the holy spirit's work in my life a little bit of my background and history Um, my parents were saved in their early 20s before i was born And I was raised in church. My mom was a powerful lady of prayer. She had been well mentored when she came to faith. And she often knelt down by our bedside at night and prayed with us. As I grew up as a youngster, I was very aware of God's presence. We were in a church where the Bible was taught. And our minister would often speak about Old Testament characters in particular. And he would preach along the lines of saying, who is going to be a Jeremiah in this generation? Who is going to dare to be a Daniel? And I remember as a youngster of maybe only four or five, often saying, and apparently once I said it out loud, yes, I want to be that person. I I want to be that person in this generation. 
When I came to, I think it was about 11 years of age, my mom sat me down one night and said, I really think you're now of an age where you need to make a decision for yourself if you're going to follow Jesus. And she took me through the prayer that all of us have prayed. And I, think I, was, about, I was about 11 at the time. And that started me off in a different stage of my journey. As a teenager, I didn't rebel against God. I rebelled against the church. There was something in me and a desire for more of God. And as I look back, I can see it very clearly. If I can explain my upbringing as Presbyterian church, conservative evangelical church, and I began to learn that although the Bible was taught, the miracles we read in the New Testament ceased in Jesus' time. There were miracles in the Old Testament, but they were for that time. When scripture was complete, it was finished. And then I went to RE, and I remember a first year in secondary school in, in, in the Scottish system. And a teacher saying there, of course, the miracles didn't even happen. Everything can be explained by science. But people believe because they want to believe, but these things didn't happen. And I deeply rebelled against it. Mm. There was a sense deep within me that there was more to what God wanted to do. I couldn't particularly articulate it. I just went searching. I got involved anywhere I saw life around the age of church. There was a young couple who had come to our church, Ronnie and Jane are now very, very close friends over all these years. And they had just not long been saved, but they were going out and doing street work in Edinburgh really the first street pastors, and this is in the, in the early 70s. And they invited me to, to come with them, and they went, had a meal together on a Friday night, then went up on the streets of Edinburgh and would just go and pray and wait on God. And as I went out with them, I started observing things. And I started seeing that they would wait, and they would wait for God to say where to go. And one day I was with a friend, Mike, and the two of us went out. We usually went out with some tracts. We prayed about where we should go and we felt we would wait just off the centre of Princess Street outside Littlewood's store. And he felt God would lead him to a couple of people to speak to. There were a couple of girls that came into the edge of the store and he sensed in his spirit that he should go across and talk to them. I thought he knew them quite well because he went up to, one, to, to the girls and he started speaking to one of them about things in her life that had gone wrong and the events that had happened and how Jesus loved her, how Jesus had died for her and she needed to get her life sorted out with the Lord Jesus. And then there was confusion. One of the girls, the other girl and the two, started speaking in German. And my friend said, I don't speak German. And she turned around and said, but you've spoken very fluent German. You've spoken to my friend who knows no English in German. Hmm. Turned out the one they'd been speaking to 
had been a Christian and had completely backslidden, and the other girl loved the Lord. Never met these girls before. I was blown away at what I saw happen. A couple of weeks later, I was in my friend's house we were having a meal together, and that evening we weren't going out on the streets. They had a visiting speaker and invited a wider group of people to come in. And these friends shared about the Holy Spirit and about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I think they just got the words out. Does anybody want to receive? Yes, please. <laughs> I want to receive. And my experience is very like Jason's. Um, I could not aware of anything. I'm told that I crashed out on the floor. The Lord gave me a new language and I was speaking it very loudly for well over an hour. Um, what I was aware of when I came to was I had heard a voice that for me was a very real voice. Lawrence, will you serve me and my kingdom purposes all your days? And the absolute total answer at my heart was, yes, Lord, I will serve you. Mm. When I went and shared that, and shared that back with my parents and others, my mom understood, but there was consternation with a lot of people not understanding it. And now I want to just roll forward 10 years. And I was just on 17 when the Lord touched me with his Holy Spirit in that way. And in my early 20s, I had the privilege of being involved with a couple of other guys in leading a new church uh, in the city of Aberdeen. It was in the days when we were the only church that were speaking out about the power of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. And we began to see people being joined to us and people coming who had come out of traditional church backgrounds that had denied the work of the Holy Spirit but were desperate for more of God. Mm. And week after week, for many, many months, every Sunday evening, there would be people receiving for the first time the power of God in their lives. And the church grew rapidly. Now, over the years since, because as I look back, amazingly, it is 50 plus years since I first received, accepted the Lord Jesus as an 11 year old. Mm. It's 45 years since that powerful experience of the Holy Spirit. I have known and loved the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. In some seasons, it has been stronger than others. There are some when I have pulled back and walked back. I think I have seen all the charismatic gifts and everything, a lot of the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has to give. The one thing I've never seen is somebody raised from the dead. But I have spoken to somebody who has, was raised from the dead. And I'm aware of others, particularly missionary concepts, who've seen God move in that powerful way. But I've seen God move and God work. God often works through me through prophetic words. I've shared many hundreds, thousands of things with people prophetically. But my greatest love, my greatest passion is helping people to receive. Yeah. Particularly people who come from backgrounds where 
being blunt, your heads have got screwed up over what Scripture is about. You've got a wrong understanding of the power of God in this generation. You know, I came out of that. I love the Word of God, by the way. One of the greatest gifts the Holy Spirit has given me is just a deep, deep love for His Word. And as I read every page of that book, I see the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We've spoken a little bit about the Old Testament. There is so much more. God, the Holy Spirit, is right through Scriptures. It is so clear He wants to move and work in all our lives. But for those who struggle at head level with receiving, you know, I would say tonight, the Lord is here. Yeah. The Lord wants us all to receive. And over the years, I've seen many, and I know I've grown cold at times, and we need to come back, and we need to be filled. I've come across many, many people over the years, and I've spoken to some of you here, who perhaps at a youth camp or an event years ago, you met with the Lord in a powerful way, and you spoke in tongues, but it was a little bit embarrassing, and you put it to one side, it's a childish thing. I believe God's saying tonight, that's not childish. I want you to move in greater power. I want to move in your life. I want all of you. Sorry, I'm beginning to preach, so I'll stop there. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Lawrence. That is wonderful and so wonderful to have you here with us tonight to share that. Thank you. Um, we're asking the band to come up just now, but I'll la my last question, I suppose, of this evening, um, and perhaps it's one that many of us are asking, is so how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? How can I receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I think the best way is that we, we, we just do it uh, yeah. now, which will be wonderful, but uh, let me just give a couple of, uh, a couple of caveats, because it's... Uh, Everyone's touched on it uh, tonight, but um, um, I went and visited a, a, a wonderful gentleman, Barry Walton, who was the founding mm -hmm. pastor of this church a couple of weeks ago, and I just had an amazing time with this mm -hmm. man of God, and, um, and he, I think I'm going to be a regular visitor to his house yeah. because I came out feeling so yeah. empowered and so inspired, but one of the first things he wanted to talk to me about was what we're going to do tonight, yeah. the baptism and infilling yeah. of the Holy Spirit yeah. and, 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 and the ability to be able to receive that. And I think the first word that comes to mind is to surrender, mm. to completely yield yourself to the Spirit mm. of God. And I think we need to be in a context where we say, Lord, is there anything in me that yeah. will block the move of the Spirit? Is there any sin? Is there any hiddenness? Is there any areas of darkness that will block the Spirit of God? Mm. The clues in the name, Joanna, he's holy Spirit. And that's one of the things that you notice with someone who's baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's one of the signs, it's one of the initial evidences, so to speak, is that people have a hunger and desire for holiness in their yeah. life. They keep on checking in with God, saying, Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, Lord, yeah. search me and know me and see if there's any wicked way in me. They have a hunger. It's not that they're perfect every time, no. but they have a desire and a hunger to live a holy life. That's one of the evidences of the Spirit of 
God working uh, in, in our lives, especially in the hour of being filled. And of course, uh, 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 another one is that we are, uh, as we're filled with the Spirit, one of the, another evidence is that we have some kind of supernatural enablement yeah. that comes into our lives. But we should position ourselves by saying, Lord, if there's anything in me, I just repent yeah. right now. I just say, I'm so yeah. sorry. If there's anything that will cause blocks, and we've heard a few things here tonight, yeah. like pride. We've heard a few mm. things like mm. uh, hidden sins. And we just yeah. now, just simply, you can do it within seconds. Just say, Lord, Lord, I know that the blood of Jesus is more than powerful to yeah. break that in my life. Um, and, and I just receive your forgiveness, Lord. Cleanse me, I pray, in Jesus' name. And, and you just ask the Spirit of God to, 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 to come. And, and we bring a yielding and a surrendering in our lives. Lord, there's no blockage in me. I just surrender and I completely yield my life to you. And if you're in that position, mm. I think, tonight, yeah. tonight, it's then a step of faith. It's then a faith step. It's a courageous step. You mm. cross across, you step across the line. You say, I'm going to take all yeah. that, that the Lord wants to give me tonight. Yeah. And you take a step of faith. And for you, that could be a, a courageous step of coming to the front. For others, it could be in their seats, I'm going to receive mm. what the Spirit of God yeah. will, will, come, will come to me. So it's that step of faith. I trust you, Lord. I know you're not going to give me a bad gift. I know you're not going to give me something which I'm uncomfortable with and it's going to destroy me in some way. I trust you, Lord, yeah. that what you're going to give me tonight is going to be for my good, to empower me to become more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so for my good and for his glory. And for his yeah. glory, absolutely, yeah. Joanna. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, shall we? I just love that, um, that song, Spirit of the Living God, full of fresh from it. Is, it, it have, we got, have we got that one? Can we just stand, church? We're just going to, we're not rushing away tonight. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do in people's hearts and in people's minds. We're going to sing this song, and as we sing this song, I want you to be open in your lives for all that the Holy Spirit, this is Pentecost Day, all that the Holy Spirit can bring into your lives. Like, I, I just want to pray now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life, in this church, in this place. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit and fill your people tonight. Come and breathe freshness onto your people tonight. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and we're going to have people who pray for you. We've got our prayer team. We've got pastors in this church who will pray for you. I'll pray for you. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because maybe there was once in your life where you encountered a freshness of the Spirit of God, but now it's become a little dry, I'm going to ask you to come to the front so that you can feel the fire of Pentecost again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about you just having the Holy Spirit, it's about the Holy Spirit. 
having you. So as we sing this song, I'm going to ask you to come to the front as we're singing.